audio. Hello and welcome to another edition of Doc Talk with Monument Health. Joining me again, Dr. Nicholas Hobson, who is a urological surgeon at Monument Health. Thanks for stopping in again, Dr. Hobson. Appreciate yeah, happy it. Happy to be here. I've noticed a theme running through our podcast right now, Doctor. Uh, we've talked about uh, BHP, which is known as BPH. I'm sorry, BPH, <laughs> benign prostatic hyperplasia. Uh, we've right. we're, this podcast is going to be out about urinary incontinence, and if you go all the way back to episode 58, the first time we talked with you, it was about the prostate specifically. Yeah, and the prostate seems to be the universal theme running through these podcasts right That's now. Right. Although this one's going to branch off just a little bit, yeah. I think. Um, if uh, if you're not familiar with urinary incontinence, just give us a little background on it, doctor. Sure. So not everyone knows what incontinence means. Right. Um, so incontinence means the ability to hold your urine when we're talking about the urinary tract. Um, so incontinence means the inability to hold your urine. So um, anytime you cough, sneeze, jump, feel the urge to urinate and can't make it to the bathroom and you, and you leak urine, that's called incontinence. So this can happen in men. Um, if, if you go back and listen to the podcast uh, we, we did about uh, BPH, um, you, you'll find that there's a, there's a connection there a little bit, right? Yeah. But uh, before we started, you were talking that this mainly uh, affects women. Yeah. So um, there's essentially two kinds of urinary incontinence in women. Uh, and we break those down into stress incontinence and urge incontinence. So stress incontinence is related to when you, um, you, 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 your, your body is unable to hold the urine back because of the pressure from, from the bladder and, and, and other things that are pushing, the, pushing on the bladder. So stress meaning like a physical stress. Yeah, okay. essentially. So you cough, you sneeze, you bend over, um, you jump on the trampoline, <laughs> and you leak. And that's really common in women uh, who have had children because having, having um, been pre- being pregnant and having children come out um, through natural means puts a lot of strain on the pelvic floor muscles and the bladder and uh, stretching and, and over time and with age that can really most women can probably relate at least in the short time after pregnancy that, that that's a very common problem and so um, urge incontinence on the other hand is where your bladder becomes overactive and so there's a condition called overactive bladder that's where you feel frequent urination, um, strong urges to urinate, and then the urge incontinence is when you can't hold back those urges and you and you leak on yourself. So, is the, are there common symptoms in men and women? Yeah, it it's very common for men to have urge incontinence um, when they have enlarged prostate. That's it, something that can evolve to that as the prostate grows and and makes it more difficult to, for the bladder to empty itself. Men can also experience that, that's very common. Or um, stress incontinence after they've had a prostatectomy for prostate cancer um, because it affects the, the continence mechanism that holds the urine back. So 
it can be very common after the prostatectomy surgery for men to, to leak on themselves when they bend over, stand up suddenly, things like that. Um, really, really quick, how, about how big is the prostate? Like if you had to just visualize it. Yeah, so the, the average prostate in a young man in his 20s is about the size of a walnut. Okay. Um, and it can grow to the size of a, a softball. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, really? Yeah. I mean, that's, and, and that might not be, that might not be cancer too, right? I mean, it can just, you can yeah. have like. Yeah, yeah. Usually cancer doesn't cause it to grow that big because we usually catch it earlier. Right. On. But that benign prostatic hyperplasia, the benign growth can cause it to grow okay. quite large. All right. Um, I just needed that visual in my head for the rest of this, I guess, then. Um, so uh, are there are there things that, you know, every, everybody will ask the question of, well, you know, what can I do to to, to not you know, pee on myself, I guess? Um, lifestyle changes, habits. Uh, is, the, is there anything you can do before maybe they have to come and see you? Yeah, whenever I have a patient coming in to see me, I, I break it down into those two types of incontinence, especially for women. Um, and some of the treatments for stress incontinence can help with urge incontinence and vice versa. But then there are some real specific treatments for either. So, you know, we typically start with Kegel exercises, and a lot of patients have already tried Kegel exercises because most women are familiar with that after childbirth if they've had children. Um, and that can help strengthen the pelvic floor muscles. Um, we also have a good resource here in Rapid City, um, uh, physical therapists who are trained in pel the pelvic floor area. We call the the base of the pelvis the pelvic floor. And right. They, they uh, coach patients just like if you had a, uh, a knee or shoulder injury and you go to see a physical therapist, you can see a physical therapist who can help you um, strengthen your pelvic floor muscles. And I, I send my patients after they've had a prostatectomy to a physical therapist um, if they're not getting the results they'd like to uh, after a surgery. And um, I send qu women quite often early on. If, if they don't get the results that they'd like to see from that, then with stress incontinence, because it's more of a uh, anatomical problem, um, there's really just procedures that can help after, after they've failed those um, conservative interventions. Right. Are there are there um, are there things like well I suppose exercise like you said would kind of help in the physical therapy part of it. Are there any diet things you can do, things you should be eating, or things you should be doing in that sense that make any difference at all? Well, um, weight gain and obesity has shown to you know make stress incontinence worse. Mm -hmm. So um, working on weight loss can help, and um, that that's not always you know, the easiest option for some people. Sure. Um, and so we do have some very good uh, procedural options. Um, one of them being we can inject uh, what we call a bulking agent inside the urethra that provides more resistance within the urethra. And, uh, we had a recent um, product that was um, has been approved in Europe for, for many years, but was recently approved in the United States, and we've started using that, and that's showing good results up to seven years. Um, before that, the, the type of uh, injections we would use were only t 
typically lasting one to two years. So, so those are the so outside of the lifestyle changes, then yeah. the treatment options are like those you mentioned. Yeah, and then I'm I'm assuming surgery is also a possibility yeah, if, so it, if it's severe enough. Yeah, that procedure can be done in the clinic. Um, we do have uh, the, another very common one and uh, works very well as a, a sling. Um, we call it a mid urethral sling. So it's a, typically a mesh product that um, has just had an, another review in 2019 from the FDA that's showing that that type of mesh is, is safe to use in, in the human body. Um, and it just provides uh, support within to the urethra. And um, it is an outpatient procedure generally. Um, usually takes uh, just a, it's a quick surgery, about 30 minutes, depending on, on how much experience you have, how difficult it is, and patients go home the same day. So is there any is is there anything that can turn super serious with urinary incontinence or is that more of a it's you know as as you age it's going to happen maybe right Yeah I mean I nothing too serious it's more of a quality of life issue uh, Well can there be can there be like can it can it be indicative of an of an underlying health issue uh, potentially uh, you know women can also have um, what we call pelvic organ prolapse um, which can also worsen urinary incontinence. That's where the um, pelvic co- uh, organs push through into the vagina, and it can um, push out of the vagina and, and feel like a bulge. Or, um, right. I've seen it bulge quite largely um, from the vagina, and that can um, cause problems just from you know becoming sore and irritated, and it could potentially lead to to issues like that. Um, incontinence can also lead to, you know, um, kind of like jock itch type mm-hmm. problems, um, uh, fungal infections in, in the groin area uh, and irritate the skin. What kind of uh, what kind of question should you ask your doctor about this when you go in? What are some things you you would like patients to 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 be informed with by the time they see you? Well, because it is mainly a quality of life mm-hmm. life issue, I, I think patients should know, uh, you know, ask if there's anything that they can have done or do to, to improve that. And, and I, I'd like them to know that they don't have to live with this. Well, uh, Dr. Nicholas Hobson, thank you again for stopping in and talking with us. Uh, Dr. Hobson is a urologic surgeon here at Monument Health. Always good to talk about you. And anytime you want to make me uncomfortable on a podcast, doctor, <laughs> you're more than welcome. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you bet. Thank you very much. Doc Talk with Monument Health is recorded live at Homeslice Studios, hosted by Mark Houston, edited by Russ Hatton, engineered by Chris Jaquis, and produced by Kelsey Kinney and Rob Henry.